0: I am not always someone who follows through on the things that I want to do. I get these great ideas, And then I start them and then I don't finish them. Like I think, oh, I'm going to do this blog, it's going to be hilarious. And then I start it, I do two posts and it disappears. Or I think of this great Instagram account that I'm going to do and I start that and then that works for a little bit and then that finishes. I just have these good ideas and then I don't follow through. But one kind of desire that I've had throughout my life has always been to have really big muscles I just think it'd be awesome to have like great abs and excellent biceps and great pecs and you know massive calf muscles like that's just been a dream of mine since I was a very young child. I think probably because of Superman, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I had this thought when I was like 5, I was like, "You know who is really strong? It's ballet dancers." Ballet dancers are strong. Particularly the male ballet dancers because they lift up, you know, women and maybe men, but they gotta lift people in the air and they gotta be really strong and lift themselves in the air as well. Wow, that's amazing. So I was like, I'm gonna become a ballet dancer so I can get huge. So I signed up to ballet classes and uh, the teacher came in and taught me for two weeks and I started learning some ballet, which was great. And then the teacher left and another teacher came in and she was like, all right, I'm gonna teach you how to do tap dancing. And I was like, tap dancing? That's very, that's not ballet. And I was like, I cannot see a clear path from tapping my feet on the ground to being huge. And so I quit. And that was the end of that getting hugeness. But then I, I didn't finish there. I still, you know, have tried different schemes for a while. I ate spinach and ran around the house. That didn't work. I, uh, I spent a while lifting cans of baked beans that I found in the cupboard. Also not that good. Baked beans are not that heavy, it turns out. But I've always, always still held on to this dream. And then one day, a few years ago, I was like, all right, I'm going to really commit to this. It's time to do it. And so I went and joined the local gym that was just near my house. And I went and signed up and they're like, what do you want? And, and I was like, oh, I, I want to you know, be fitter and get more muscles. And then the, the personal trainer, his name was Ben, not that Ben, a different Ben. He had a lot of muscles uh, and, he, and I was like, he was like, do you want to look like me? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you can't. It's like way too much work and time and effort you don't want to do this but i'll give you a few tips and i was like okay and so he set me up on this program he was like you lift these weights and run on this machine and then do these ab crunches and then and then you'll you'll be you know more ripped. And I was like, yeah, excellent. So I I went and I did it, and I lifted some weights, and I ran on the machine, and I did some ab crunches. And then I went home, and I walked home like this, going, yeah, I'm huge, yeah. <laughs> Someone take me on. I got all the muscles. And then I went back, the, the like a few days later. And then I tried to lift the weights. I'm like, oh, this hurts so much. Yeah, I've, I'm weaker than I was a few days ago. And then I tried to run on the machines. And I was tired. And I tried to do the ab crunches and my abs hurt. But I was like, no, but I'm still going to get huge. And so then I went home. And then a few days later, I went back to the gym and I did it. And then that, as I left the gym, it was quite dark that day. So as I was walking back, I didn't see, but there was some mud on the ground. I stepped in the mud. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I went home. And then on the fourth time, it was time. This is... It's important because on the fourth, the fourth time it was time to go to the gym, I was like, time for the gym. I was like, ah, oh, it's time for the gym. And I was like, ah, oh, there's mud on my shoes. Oh, I guess I can't go to the gym. <laughs> and I never went back. And the mud is still on my shoes and I still don't have huge muscles. But one day, when I get to heaven, it will happen. I'll have my resurrection body, and resurrection bodies are guaranteed to have excellent abs. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> I'm a quitter. I, I don't follow through on the things that I want to follow through on. And some things are not that important. It's not that important to make sure you've got excellent muscles, really. You know, I've got enough muscles to stand up and, and lift half the things I need to. So that's fine. But there are other things that are really important to follow through on. And that is following Jesus. You know, there are some things that you can quit on, but you cannot quit on following Jesus. And that's what we're going to spend some time talking about in this passage. Uh, Jesus is encouraging us here to think through our commitment to Him and to think through whether we have what it takes to follow through. Because Jesus doesn't want people who just start following Him. He wants people who finish following Him. And this is particularly important for you if you are in leadership because while it's important for your personal faith to keep following Jesus, it's vitally important for your personal faith to keep following Jesus. If you are a leader, then people are looking up to you and your faith encourages other people's faith. And even if you stop leading at your lunchtime group or your crew group at the end of year 12 or maybe even if you finish a little bit earlier because that's the way your school works, Even if you finish there and then you leave, you are still leading those people who you are leading after you finish. Because people continue to look up to you. I know the people who led me when I was a teenager and I continue to look up to them. Their faith continues to encourage me or discourage me. When when the ones who I see going really well help me to continue on in my following of Jesus... The ones who go badly and do stupid things, they pull me down. And so you have a responsibility in your faith, not only to yourself, though that is the biggest and most important thing, but also to those people who you are leading, because you do not stop being a leader when you finish your official duties. And so we need to be thinking through, well, do we have what it takes to keep following Jesus?' Well, What we see in this passage here, as Jesus talks, that Jesus is a terrible evangelist. When you look at what He says in this passage, He's talking to a a bunch of people who have been following Him, and He doesn't do the thing that we would expect Him to do. I've been to a lot of evangelistic events in my time, where, they, where there's a bunch of young people, and they bring them in, and then someone stands at the front and talks about Jesus, and then someone gets on the piano and plays some music, and then they say, if you want to give your life to Jesus, then come on down the front. And then they, they wait, and then not much happens, and then they say, you know what? If you, if you just feel really good about Jesus, then come on down the front. And then maybe some people come down and it's like, you know what? You know, if you can spell Jesus, come on down the front and welcome to God's kingdom. Like, if you know what Jesus' name starts with, or you could draw a picture of a man with a beard, come on down. Like They're like, everyone, come on in. We want everyone to be a Christian or just to tick a box and say you did it. We'll give out a Bible. We'll feel good about yourselves and you'll be in the kingdom. But that is not what Jesus does here. Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, you've got to make sure that you can finish because following me is tough. It is going to cost you. Don't start following me unless you can finish following me. Look at what he says. The first bit here, he says, If anyone comes after me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus is not saying here that if you hate your family then you're going to be a really good follower of Jesus. But what he is saying here is that your love for Him and your commitment for Him has to be so far and beyond anything else that you have that everything else looks like hate. And that sometimes you will be making decisions in your love for Jesus that will mean that it costs you in your relationship with your family and your friends and the people that you love. And sometimes it may even cost you your life. And your love for Jesus has to outweigh all of those things. Are you prepared to make that commitment to follow Jesus? That is what he is asking here. And then he goes on uh, to say this. He says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. What he's saying here is, is if you are going to start following, make sure you know what the cost is before you begin. Now, I'm pretty sure that most of the people in this room uh, are already following Jesus, and that's fantastic. But even now, it's important that you weigh up the cost of following Jesus that you know what it costs. Because just like someone who starts building a tower, uh, will build, lay the foundations, and then they will want to continue to build the tower, but if they run out of money, then the foundations uh, that they lay are just there as a monument to their failure. The tower they finish would look amazing and would be a great monument to their success. And we're like, wow, what a great tower that person built. But if not, it'll just be there for people to ridicule you. And if you start following Jesus, but don't finish it through, go through with it, then what you began in the end will just show your failure. So make sure you are able to pay what it costs to follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't want people to just start following him. He wants them to be able to finish. So weigh up the cost. Make sure you know what it costs to follow him. I was on a camp Uh, Similar to this one, when I was in year nine, Uh, it was a leadership camp for lunchtime Christian groups. Uh, It was for public schools uh, because I went to IFCF group in my school, and I was on a camp like this. And the speaker at the front, she said, she said, in ten years, only ten percent of you will still be following Jesus. I was like, whoa, that is very low, and I I was I was really challenged when I heard that. And so I was like, I don't want to be. in in the 90% that stops following Jesus. I want to be in the 10%. And so I I went home and I got a piece of paper and I got some whiteboard markers because there are whiteboard markers around my house. I don't know why, but there were. My family likes brainstorming sessions or something. I don't know, but I sat down and then I I wrote on the piece of paper. This was in the year 1997, by the way. That's when I was in year nine. Uh, The 90s, the best time when you weren't alive but it was great. And, uh, and I sat down and, and I wrote on this piece of paper, where will you be in 2007? And I wanted there to be this challenge for me to say, are you going to still be following Jesus in 10 years time? And so I stuck it on the, the door, the back door of my toilet. So I would see it every day unless I was having a bad day and I'd see it multiple times a day. And then the challenge would be there for me to remind me that I needed to keep following Jesus day in, day out, day in, day out, because I didn't want to be in that 90%. And then eventually uh, it moved from the toilet door to just the back door of that, to the front door of my house. It was like behind the front door so that everyone in the family would see it as they left. And I always had that challenge before me. And by the time I got to 2007, I was working in a church working with young people, encouraging them to keep following Jesus, and I was still following Jesus. And it it wasn't because of the sign. It's not like the sign, you know, saved my faith. But it was a good challenge and a good reminder, continually saying to me, will you keep following Jesus? And in all the time that I've been doing youth ministry, uh, what I have found is that that 10% is probably too low. Um, But for committed people who are going to youth group regularly and committed to Christian stuff, I think, I haven't done like actual statistics on this, but when I look back at things and the people who have been in my youth ministry, I think it's about 50%. That about 50% of people stop following Jesus. You don't want to be in the 50% that falls away. You want to be in the 50% that keeps going. You want to do it for you because this is how you are saved. You continue with Jesus But you do it also for those who are following after you because your faith encourages their faith you continue to lead even when you finish leadership so the challenge for you is where will you be in 2028 will you still be following jesus in 10 years time and if you are going to keep following jesus in 10 years time what are you going to do to make sure that you keep following jesus what are you gonna put in place so that you are able to pay the cost? You know, if you wanna build a tower, the way you do it is you pay a lot of money to build that tower. You make sure you've got the money. And if you wanna buy anything big, you make sure you've got the money. Here is a life tip for you. If you wanna buy a big thing, you need savings. You need to save money. I know this, you didn't come here for financial advice, but I'm giving it to you anyway. Aren't you lucky? But I have this thing, like you know, I used to be like, oh, I want to buy a big thing, and I was like, great, I just have to wait for the money to turn up. And as it turns out, large chunks of money don't just turn up. What you need is you need to put, you need to put a little bit away, a little bit away, a little bit away, and then you have a large amount of money that you can draw on when you need it. Uh, Earlier in the year, I didn't have a job for a few months, and the reason why I didn't starve to death is because my wife and I, we've been putting money away a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, so that when a time like this came, we had money to draw on. When you are following Jesus, you are going to go through hard times. You are going to go through times when you want to give up, when the cost seems too great. And so you need things that you can draw on so that you are able to pay the cost of following Jesus. You can't just say, look, when the time comes, I will have what I need. No, you have what you need because you keep investing. You keep building that commitment to Jesus so that when hard times comes, you are able to pay the cost. So let me give you really quickly some practical tips, things which will help you to continue following Jesus day in, day out. These are not revolutionary, but they are the things that will keep you following Jesus. First, read your Bible daily and that's that's not you know because God loves you more when you read your Bible but as you read the Bible God speaks to you and encourages you so that you are equipped to follow him and when hard times come because you've spent time in God's word you have his word to draw on which will encourage you you don't make it through just by thinking good thoughts, you make it through by holding firm to the promises of God that you have been planting in your life. The second thing is read your Bible systematically. So don't just open it up to any spot and stick your finger in and be like, oh yeah, this will be great. I mean, it might be great, but it also might be insane. I heard this story once about a guy who did that. And he's like, I'm just gonna find out what God wants to teach me. So he opened his Bible to one spot and he put his finger in and said, Judas went and hung himself. He was like, oh, that's no good. Let's find another one. So he turned to another spot, put his finger in and said, go now and do likewise. I was like, whoa, no, definitely not. It's exactly the wrong way to read the Bible. But you, you read the Bible like you read any other book. You figure out what the genre is and then you start at the beginning and you read till the end. Unless it's a, a different book, like books of poetry, like the Psalms maybe. You don't have to start at the beginning and go to the end. But you read a bit and you understand it and you, you read a chunk. But if you're reading a gospel, which is a story, start at the beginning and go to the end. And then you can work your way through. You don't have to read it all in one go. But then start another one and read to the end. Know what you're reading and where you're reading it and then you'll understand it. Read the Bible systematically. The third thing is, spend time in prayer at least daily. So spend time talking to God, letting Him know how you're going. And don't just do it daily, do it whenever you want to, whenever you need to, whenever you've got something to ask Him about or ask for help with, or if you just want to let Him know that you're enjoying your meal. Whatever you want, talk to Him. Talk to him regularly because then you'll have that relationship that you've been working on that you can draw on. The next one is spend time with other Christians. That's why we keep going to church. That's why we keep going to crew or ICF or whatever your group is called. That's why you keep going to youth group because you are hanging out with your family and they will keep encouraging you to keep following Jesus. The next one is And this is a big one. Make sure when you leave school and when you leave youth group that you keep going to church and that you lock yourself in with some other way to encourage you because your lunchtime group can be a huge encouragement to you but it's not going to be there your whole life. It's only going to be there till year 12. Your youth group is going to stop. You're going to have to stop going to your youth group at some point. And so... That is a huge drop-off point. When you finish school, huge amounts of people drop away because uni becomes, is a totally different place to school. And you get all these friends who are doing much more exciting things and you need to be able to hold on to your faith in those times. So you've got to say, I will keep going to church. And I will, I will find a Bible study group and I'll lock into that because when you are doing these things, you get encouraged in your faith. And then the last one is make sure that you have supportive Christian friends. Because when you have your friends around you, friends who love Jesus, then when you are having a hard time, they can lift you up. When they are having a hard time, you can lift them up. And you keep reminding yourself, each other of the goodness that you have in Jesus, the good news that God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. If you try and follow Jesus to the end by yourself, you will not make it. If you stop going to church, stop hanging out with Christians, you will not make it. You cannot do this on your own, but God has given you everything you need to keep following Him. He has given you His Word. He has given you His Spirit. He has given you His family. These are the things that you draw on so that you can keep following Jesus. All right, let's keep going. Uh, If we have a look at the passage, uh, Jesus tells another story. He says, I suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able, with 10,000 men, to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Now, this story, in one, some ways, is very similar to the one before. He's saying, before you can commit to something, make sure you can follow through. Make sure that you can pay the price. Because if you can't, don't start. Jesus wants people who are finishers, not just starters. I once, when I was in year seven, I was, uh, went to the movies with some friends, oh, with one friend. It was really fun to go to the movies and we'd go into the city, catch a train there. We'd go to Macca's, we'd buy some food and then we'd go to the movies and then we'd catch a train home. And one day I was doing this, and we just finished the movie. We were on the way back to the station. Me and my friend were walking up George Street in the city. And uh, as we were walking along, these two teenage boys who are probably like year 10 or so, so they looked like they were 25 but because I was year 7. And they were walking along the other way. And then one of them bumped into me. And I turned around. And I looked. And my friend didn't notice. He just kept walking. And the guy was like, Hey, do you want to fight? And I looked at him. I was like, no He's like you got any money i was like yes He's like give it to me i was like okay and so i pulled out my wallet and i gave him 70 cents He's was like is that it i was like no He's like then well, give it to me so i gave him five dollars was like is that it i was like yeah and he was like you can go i was like okay thank you and then i left and i was walking away <laughs> And, uh, and there was this big guy who was looking and he watched the whole thing. And I looked up at him and he was wearing this shirt which said, like, Sydney Ninja Academy. And, yeah. And he said, did those guys just rob you? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay. And then walked off. I was like, what? You're a ninja. Go get them. But he didn't. And so then I, I, I kept going and then my friend was there. He's like, where'd you go? And I was like, oh, I just got robbed. And he was like, quick, let's go to the police. And I was like, yeah, it's $5.70. It's fine. And then, uh, and then we caught the train home. And, and I didn't fight those guys because I saw that there they were twice as many of them as there were of me and that they were twice as big as me. And I was like, they've probably been in a fight before, and, and I'm not even a ballerina. So we are, we're not going to be able to win this. And so I gave them my $5.70. I lost the war. I, I asked for terms of peace. I paid the price because I knew that I couldn't win. And now what's interesting that here is that, that the Bible tells us is that we are God's enemies before we uh, come to Him that we are enemies of God. And so if you want to live your life by yourself, if you want to live your life where you make it through with all by yourself, then you are going to war against God. And the question is, can you win? If you go to war against God, can you win? You know, if you try and fight God, you, you're probably pretty good, but my money is still on God. God is going to win. And so will you try and go it alone and beat God in a fight or will you sue for terms of peace? And the Bible tells us that those terms of peace are that you put your trust in Jesus, that you give your life to Him, that you are willing to lose everything for Him because you either lose everything in submission to Jesus and follow Him as Lord and King or you will lose everything anyway when he comes back in glory and he judges the living and the dead. So you might feel like you don't have what it takes to keep following Jesus, but you definitely do not have what it takes to take Jesus on in a fight. So you sue for terms of peace and you say, I will trust in Jesus who gave his life for me, and I will trust that he has everything that I need to keep following him. He has given us his word He's given us His Spirit who empowers us. He's given us each other. You have what it takes to keep following Him if you decide that you will trust in Him and what He has given you. Jesus wants finishers, not just starters. So will you keep going? Will you commit yourself to Him and draw on what He has given you so that you can follow Him now and that you can follow Him in a year's time and you can still be following him in 10 years time and 20 and 30 and 40 and 50. And if medical technology improves, then like 250. Will you keep following him? You can do it. And know that as you do that, that your life will bear fruit, that your ministry will bear fruit. The, the seeds that you sow now in your work, in, in your leadership in your lunchtime Christian groups, will continue to bear fruit as you continue to encourage people through your faith into the future. It is tough work following Jesus, but better to follow Him than to try and fight Him. Better to know that He has won the victory against sin and death at the cross on your behalf so that you can be on the winning side And he will give you everything you need to keep following him. Jesus wants finishers, not just starters, and he has everything you need so that you might be able to finish with him. I'm going to say a prayer for us. Father God, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus and that he was willing to pay everything for us. That he gave his life that we might have life that he ran the race set before him and endured the cross scorning its shame so that we might also be able to run the race with our eyes fixed on him. I pray for each one of these young people that they will keep following you, that not one of them will fall away, that they will hold fast to the promises that you have for them and that all of us will see each other At the end of time knowing that we have faithfully served jesus christ and that all of us will be able to marvel at the fruit that has come out of our ministries both in our schools and beyond because we have seen your faithfulness i pray this in the name of jesus amen